This is episode number 74 with C.J. Barron. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, all the greats out there? Thanks so much for tuning in today. I've got a very special guest, my man, Mr. C.J. Barron, who's actually my next-door neighbor, who is one of the most talented young producers, music producers out there right now, literally blowing it up with some of the biggest musicians and artists out there and creating some amazing work. Uh, I'm very excited about having him on. And uh, I've got some fun stories. We jam late night. He literally lives 20 feet away from me uh, in West Hollywood in our condo building. And uh, I'll tell the story more about how we connected um, when we jump into this interview. But I am back. Thanks for all, for all the, the notes, the messages, all of the, uh, the emails, the tweets, the pictures on Instagram for following me over the last three weeks when I was down in Brazil and Uruguay uh, playing with the USA national team. Again, a lot of you know it's my dream to be an Olympian, and it's my dream to represent my country and continue to pursue my athletic pursuits uh, for as long as I can. And uh, I had a great time down in Brazil and Uruguay uh, training and competing, getting to play against uh, Brazil, Uruguay, Mexico, Greenland. And uh, it was just an awesome experience getting to play with my teammates, get down there and uh, represent my country. So thanks everyone for, uh, you know, the, the two, three week hiatus from the interviews and from the podcast. Uh, a lot of you have been requesting, when are they coming back? So we're finally back and I'm going to be giving you guys lots of great content uh, here on out, two, three episodes a week, and we're going to be really taking it to the next level with the guests. And this one, again, is with CJ Barron. Super pumped about this. We're going to dive in and talk about how he really launched his career at such a young age. He was in a band when he was 15, got signed by a major record label, was touring around the country with Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber, and then realized that he uh, didn't want to do that anymore, and he wanted to be more of a producer. So we really talk about how he got uh, his start as a producer, his, his method for creating art and for creating music, and how he conceptualizes it. Uh, with these artists and uh, what he's kind of doing to take his business and brand the next level. So let's go ahead and dive in. Again, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode with the one and only C.J. Barron. What is up, everyone? Thanks again for coming on the School of Greatness podcast. I've got a special guest in the house. He's actually the neighbor to my house. <laughs> Literally lives 20 feet away from me. I feel like we've got a baller hall. We do. It's a baller hall. We've got my man CJ Barron in the house right now. What's up, CJ? What's going on? And we've got a uh, you know we've got another person across the, the hall from us, uh, Keely, who was former Miss Teen USA, 
And we got some like old vets in the world in here who are like just got cool <laughs> old stories that like you don't know so what just, they like, did. Absolutely inappropriate stories <laughs> from what happened on the roof sauna pool in our building back in the seventies. <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited. It's interesting. I, I moved into this place uh, on Doheny. Uh, in West Hollywood about a year ago. And I'm actually moving out tonight for six months while there's construction happening. CJ lived through the construction. I lived through it. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> it was miserable for like the last six months. And um, for the first six months living here, I never once saw you. Maybe like once briefly I saw you, but I didn't know who you were. Or, the ghost. Yeah, the ghost next door. <laughs> All I heard was loud music always coming from his, uh, his apartment, his condo. And eventually, like six months in, I finally meet you. I don't even remember how we met. I mean, in the, in the, uh, the elevator or the hallway, yeah. yeah, we started chatting. And I started learning all about CJ and what he is up to in his life and was blown away at this kid's talent. He's only 24, it seems like he's 30, and uh, <laughs> has a lifetime of experience already with everything you've been up to. So I'm super pumped that you're on the show. Oh, and thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to... Uh, to wrap more with you. We just had a, a late night jam session last night, like a creative artistic orgasm of conversation <laughs> <laughs> where, where I try to go over to CJ's once a month or something and, and learn about all the new things he's up to because it's so interesting. And I want to talk about something you're working on now. Then we're going to dive back into kind of like your sure. history, but you're doing this really cool creative project. And let me know if we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. What's the name of it now? So it's called Wolf and the Wonder Show. Uh-huh. It's uh it's definitely a strange project. Think Mike Snow meets MGMT living in a Tim Burton film. Mm, it's real interesting. whimsical. Interesting. <laughs> now what is it gonna be about? So, I mean, in a nutshell, <laughs> the story is guy falls in love in New York City, mm-hmm. heart gets broken, New York City completely freezes over, and mm-hmm. then the rest of it is his kind of journey back to defrost the city when he finds new love that's in a nutshell mm. the story it goes way deeper and crazier than that and there's a wizard and <laughs> <laughs> and the gist of it is it's going to be a live uh, moving performance that you're going to be creating right this artistic performance where there's going to be uh art it's going to be kind of like an art gallery we made it sound like it's yeah. a haunted house yeah artistic haunted house with music and art yeah that's... that you walk through and you experience yeah, with a group of people. Each song goes in sequence to yeah. the story. And the way we're going to set it up is almost like a reprise of everything, where mm-hmm. the string section and piano playing through each of the different pieces that you walk through. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the top, it'll be a live performance. Right. Very cool. I love it. And it's going to be good to be performing here in LA, right? Yeah. It's still, it's still in early in the stages. In infant stages, yeah. But it's going to be one of the coolest things when it comes out. So we were just jamming about this last night for about an hour. Um, now, I want to talk about your story because I think it's really fascinating what you've been able to create for yourself. When you were a teenager, which is not that long ago, a couple years ago, <laughs> you were in a band, right? You started the band uh, called, what was it called? Push Play? Yeah. Push mm-hmm. Play. And I never heard of it, but I, maybe I heard of some of the songs, but um, it was a, a pop teen band, right? Yeah, it's like a pop rock band, you know, four kids like with ridiculous hair. Like, like, <laughs> what, like, what was I doing? It was like pic- Rod Stewart meets like Liza Minnelli and Ellen DeGeneres, like electrocuted. It's amazing. I'm going to post a picture on the show notes. <laughs> no. So make sure everyone checks it out. Um, but how did this band, you know, you guys did some pretty big things. You were, you were young kids in New York City or Long Island, right? Long Island, yeah. Long Island. And, you know, there's a picture of you in the Macy's Day Parade. I think you told me you opened up for like uh, Bieber or Miley Cyrus or some some pretty yeah. big names back so, in the day. I started the band uh, 
when I was 15. We kind of like ran his course. We got signed when we were 16 and 17. Did that, like kind of did some some touring with Miley and with Bieber. It was fun, you know, but it was over by the time I was 18. Really? And we were dropped from Sony. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I love writing. I love producing. I need to just do this. Mm. And then I just kind of tried to teach myself. You didn't really like performing as much. Or- Actually, I, I've always loved performing. Really? But I love having a home base more. I, I just don't like to tour. Yeah. It's a lot of hassle. It's just a, a whole. Stress. It's a whole just different thing. I yeah. like to have a home base, I'm like a nook. Yeah, you're definitely more of like a, an introverted, like creative mind. I, I find. Yeah, yeah. From connecting with you, and you know, you're always in your place, just like till 4 a.m. working and grinding. <laughs> um, so I can definitely see how you like that. But well, how did you start this band in the first place? Like you were 15. Yeah. And you went to a, a school for music. Is that right? No, no. I was I actually never went to school for music at all. It was just. Uh, like four kids who could play instruments like okay (laughs) (laughs) and i was just kind of having fun in the beginning and then i remember we at the time back in the good old days (laughs) myspace ruled and we just kind of went hard on that promotion and i remember even like going to other band shows and like handing out promo cards which now i'm kind of completely against but at the time it was great for what we were trying to do Mm -hmm. and you know just got us to that next level to get a, a deal with sony so how big of an audience did you grow on MySpace? Um, we were, I don't even remember, man, to be honest. It just, it, we, I remember we got to number one on the, on the chart, the MySpace chart. And that's really? We got reached out to by Atlantic and Sony and a couple other people. So number one on the MySpace, they had their own music label? Yeah, it was like a little chart they had, like wow. based on views and how much activity was happening. Of like we, the best songs or the best bands? It or? was actually just like how many, like how, how much traffic was being driven to each wow. So you had the day. number one. Yeah, for like a one week. We were like really high up. Whoa. And then we got to one, like at the very end of the week. That's a pretty big deal back in, for MySpace. Back then, I mean, there's a lot of bands that, that hit number one. But right. it was it was definitely it was definitely exciting for us. We were like 16 at the time. Or actually, no, 15 at the time. And we were wow. Just, oh, this, is, this is cool. So how did you even... You get girls like this. <laughs> yeah, right? So how did you get it to number one? Like, what was your strategy? Was Honestly, just- I remember this. I remember the minute I'd get home from school, I would sit down on the computer, all of us, uh-huh. on different computers. And we would just start reaching out to people, yeah. like hitting the mat and then starting conversations with everyone. One by one. One by one. And then creating like a little bit of a, not army, but just, I guess just fan base, really. Like a little street team. Yeah, like a street team. That's a great word for it. And it's great for that kind of thing. But now, like I said, like with other projects, I would never do that again. Sure. Because people grow attached. It becomes a thing. And if you, if you don't answer back, then they're like, oh, why aren't you answering me back? And it's just a wow. it gets to become a bit of a nightmare. So you guys were promoting and reaching out one by one, trying to get people to listen to the, the, the links on MySpace and listen to your music. And then they were kind of sharing it with their friends or talking about it as well. Or what were they doing? Yeah, it just kind of grew that way. Yeah. And I remember we did the first slew of shows we did um, were these high school shows. Really? Where we would just play on like a Friday night at a high school in the auditorium. And kids would come and yeah, and kids would come and just hang out. It started out so small, like fifteen people would show up. Wow! And we were like, yeah, 15, double, <laughs> double digits. Um, and yeah, then it kind of grew from there. Wow! Just organically. So, how did you even like practice? Were you guys have like a garage in your yeah, parents' house? Up garage and like, really? all of our parents' houses. Yeah, that's how, we would just alternate. <laughs> Was it pretty much every day after school you got together yeah, and you played every single day? And you were you pretty much writing a lot of the songs, or were you guys yeah. writing them together? Oh, we did some songs that we wrote together, some songs that I wrote by myself, which right. is kind of all over the place. But wow, 
And then, so you know, for me, I went to go play sports every day, but you went to go play music and play with your bandmates. I, mainly because I was just so completely unathletic. <laughs> like, I, I remember I tried out for the football team and I got cut like immediately. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get girls a different way. Yeah, I got to figure out how I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So basically one year after you kind of launched on MySpace, hit number one, right then, who found you and signed you? So we were taking meetings with uh, a bunch of labels at the time. Wow. We met with Atlantic, and we ended up going with Wind Up Records through Sony. It's uh-huh. like an imprint on Sony. Sure. And they were great. I mean, a really great team. They, they pushed one of our songs to radio. It, it got to number, I think it peaked at 36 wow. on, on American radio. That's great. And yeah. But I mean, it, was just, it feels like it was a dream. Like it just, it happened. Well, so quick, right? So quick. And like, I don't even think about it anymore. I, I don't even really remember it, to be honest, wow. which is crazy. Because you were 15 when you started, then the 16 you got signed, then 17 or 18 you got dropped, right? Yeah, it was like right when I got out of high school. Um, I deferred from college, and we did like our our I guess our second like tour, right. and that's that, when you started going around with Bieber and mm-hmm. Miley and kind of like doing that was a like bigger the, tour. Yeah, and that was like opening the, up like right? a real tour. Yeah, and that was when you had like a tour bus and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, the whole bus like sleeping on that, which I miss actually. That's the only thing about tour I miss the bus. There's something about being in a bus in a bunk that's kind of like a coffin. That I, and I know this sounds weird, but the way the bus moves, it just mm. knocks you out. Yeah. It's, I had the best sleeps of my life wow. on a tour bus. Interesting. Yeah. And it was it like your parents go with you or is it more no, just no, the I mean, kids? We were all 18 at that time, so it was, we were just on our own. And they were all down for it? Yeah, everyone all, everyone was down. There was just one tour manager who was kind of like the like the dad the house parent on the road. He was like the, a terrible dad. The chaperone. Letting us drink and... <laughs> no. <laughs> we had fun. I had my own college experience. Right, right. <laughs> So that lasted for about, what, like a few months or six months on the road? It was like three months. Three months. Yeah. And, and then, then we got back and then did another three months on the road, um, really? just on our own. Just wow. a headlining tour and like was small, 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 small like clubs. Like 500 people. Yeah, like 500 to 1,000 cap rooms and wow. every night, just all over the place. From To try to keep building momentum and create another record or whatever. Yeah, that was just to kind of just promote the record that we had. And we gotcha. were stopping off at radio stations. That's when, at the time, the song was called Midnight Romeo. And that's what we were. Midnight Romeo? Midnight Romeo. That was a song that was at radio. Wow. So we were just kind of going to all the stations and promoting it and doing like the 6 a.m. recordings at the stations to prom- do the acoustic. Sure, know, sure. The whole thing. That's cool. We'll link that in the, uh, if we can find it anywhere online, we'll link it in the show notes as well. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'll find somewhere in SoundCloud yeah, yeah, remix yeah. version. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, all right. So you had your kind of like, uh, musical experience on the road when you're a teenager and you kind of got a taste for like what the business was like. Yeah. And you put in all your hours working with the band. You kind of made your break, you got signed. You got a taste of what that was like. You probably didn't make too much at that. Yeah. Level. I mean, it was just like the initial advance. Sure. Which was, which was that. So I was just at that time I was 19 and had just been dropped like from my first major label deal. <laughs> but most people don't get a major label deal. Like, Ever. So 19 is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember just being like, okay, well, I could go to college, Mm. but I know what I want to do. I want to be producing. I want to be writing songs. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people now in California if I just moved out there. So I just. From touring, from from, the connection. Just from touring and like a lot of. We did our record in LA. So I met a lot of people here. Right. And I just moved straight out here and I started uh, apprenticing for the producer that did my band. Really? At the time, yeah. So his name was Matt Squire. He's Matt done, Squire? Yeah, he's done anything from like Panic at the Disco to Boys Like Girls, mm-hmm. 
303, a lot of like those scene bands at that sure, time. Sure. So I came out and I, I worked for him for a while. He's a really good dude. He was a great mentor. So you basically and, would just throw you projects or say, hey, edit this song or yeah. create me a hook for this or write some lyrics for this and then see what you can do. Exactly, that kind of thing. It was mainly um, track work at that time. Okay. I wasn't really in the writing sessions. I was just you know building tracks, making synth hooks, things like that. Making cool sounds. And- yeah, just, just getting weird, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just getting weird in my place. And then uh, at that time, so I was living in Santa Monica then. And then nice. I moved, I signed uh, my first publishing deal, The Pulse. Who, uh, what's, how old were you? I was 21. So two years later, after being yeah, it's a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half. Year and a half later, I I met with uh, Scott Cutler and Josh Abraham, who own Pulse. And I remember I was a little bit resilient to to go go forth with the signing. I didn't know if I wanted to like give it up because to me it was like my publishing was like my second virginity. It's like your life. <laughs> I was like, I'm, life. I'm not I'm not giving this up right now. It's like I don't know. And everyone was like, no, just hold on to it, man. But I, they knocked on my door one night at 10 p.m. In Santa Monica? No, here. No way. Yeah, it's like when I first moved. And they knocked on my door. They were at Soho House. And they knocked on my door. They're like, you have to sign. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. And I love it. In a, in a good way, though. I was just like. Sure. like They're like, we want you. Yeah, it's like, we, you'd be making a great decision if you joined the team. And right then and there, I was like, okay, that's ballsy. I love it. Wow. And I signed with them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so are you allowed to talk about what the deal is or what it was or yeah, I mean, it was just publishing deal where they the way publishing deals work. I mean, it's different for everybody, but it's usually based on MDRC. So you get X amount of money as an advance, and mm-hmm. then you have to fulfill three hundred. I mean, it's different for everyone. For me, it was three hundred percent per term, and then that would get you to the next advance and blah 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 on and on gotcha. and on. So three hundred percent. Say I write a song with three people, and it's split down the middle, or you know, three ways. It's thirty three point three percent of my three hundred percent. And that only happens, it only counts if the song is cut by a major label artist and sure, released. Sure, Jeez. Which is the trick. Because like a lot of things will get cut and then just never released. And they will just sit on your hard drive. Well, I know I was uh, in your yeah. place last night and just saw like a list of 100 songs that yeah. you've worked on in the last five years that aren't on radio right now, right? They're just sitting there. Just literally, I mean, it's cut with the artist and like, you know, supposed to come out. You know, you sit down now. And you see. can you talk about some of the artists that you've worked with that you've cut stuff for that hasn't come out some of the, the more recognized names yeah i mean um, i did a song i did some production work on a song for one direction uh-huh. that got ended up getting leaked oh so then um, it, it didn't go on the record so it didn't go on the record yeah it got leaked and i think it's on youtube now it's got like six million views or something crazy <laughs> like that and i was like Ugh. <laughs> so them um a lot of stuff with like carly ray uh-huh. i mean that stuff's gonna come out yeah it's just so there's stuff that's like waiting yeah it's like a lot of it out. it's just like pipeline yeah it's like you just keep filling up the pipeline and then eventually it's just going to spill out. It's going to come out eventually. Yeah. That's cool. It's the long pipe. But for like, you know, a couple of years you have stuff waiting, just yeah. sitting there that's a finish, that's an awesome song and it's not out yet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've had songs that I've had on my hard drive for two years now that just got cut. Really? Yeah. And I forget about them. <laughs> and like, luckily like Pulse has all that stuff in the finger. Like, uh, because I, <laughs> I wrote this Christmas song as a joke, I guess, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before, uh-huh. like when I first signed with them, thought nothing of it. Have not even, have not even looked at that song. Right. And uh, it's now going to be in this new like Tina Fey movie, this really? Christmas movie coming out. Yeah, it's wow. coming Christmas, and I, I just 
totally forgot about right, okay. it. Okay, that's what that's what happens. Like, and so the publishing like team they're really kind of shopping the songs yeah. for you and, and kind of getting the placement mm -hmm. either with the artists or with the movies or the radio, you know, radio, whatever it may be. Right. Exactly. It's kind of their job. So it's yeah. kind of nice to have a team that supports you and gets the stuff out there where you can just be creative and work on what you do best. Yeah. Pulse is amazing too. Like really, 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 really good. Nice. So you've been with them for five years now Four. no, I mean, three I, see, years? I 21, like okay, so 21. So three years. Wow. That's a pretty good experience. Time. Yeah. I mean, they are awesome. That's Everybody cool. there. So cool. The environment's amazing. It's based in Silver Lake. Right. And they have like this really tranquil office slash studio <laughs> space. It's really nice. That's cool. Very cool. And they're sending you they're sending you artists to work with too, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're sending you artists, but you also work with another producer that you work with as well. And how does that work with Pulse? So I have a joint venture with uh, with another producer. So it's basically they kind of split the publishing, uh -huh. and um, I work with him on whatever. So he'll do a project, a block out for a week with one artist, right? And then everybody on the team will work for a week, get songs going, and then if any of them are great and they, the label likes them and he likes them and the artist likes them, then right. we'll all finish them together. Sure, you know that kind of scenario. Yeah. And this is uh, with the producer, his name is Max, right? Yes. Yeah. And how did you get connected with Max originally to, to work on some of this? Because he works with some of the biggest names out there. How did you get connected originally? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been my idol since I was 13. Wow. Like songwriting and producing idol. Um, and I was working on a band, Sign of Republic at the time. Mm -hmm. And their A&R was friends with his manager. And I guess he was looking for LA-based track guys that also do top line, which is melody and lyric. And she introduced me to him like straight up on an email. Wow. And I heard nothing for three weeks. I didn't expect anything. Sure. I, I was like, this is like, way, I'm way over my Did head. Did you ask for an introduction or she just made the intro? She she asked me if I'd be interested and I was like, wow, uh, yeah. Of course. I'm definitely. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so I just I sent a, a private SoundCloud link uh -huh. of like stuff that I was working on, tracks and weirdness. And I heard nothing for three weeks. And then I forgot about it. I was like, all right, whatever. Wow. And then I got a call like three weeks later from a, an unknown number. And it was his manager. Wow. He's like, can you come to Sunset Marquee tomorrow at, at noon to meet? Met with him. Chatted like the coolest dude ever. Then I'm leaving. I'm in the parking lot. I, I don't really know exactly how it went. I was like, oh, maybe that was just like a meet. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And he uh, called me back. And he was like, I want you to come back tomorrow at noon you know, to meet with, with Max. And I met with him. We, we chatted for like two hours just about his whole history. I was just so, <laughs> I was just like all over. I was like, I know exactly what you did in 2000. Like that crazy Nick Carter song that nobody heard about. Like it was nuts. <laughs> like the melody the, and all that. That's hilarious. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So he basically, after that meeting, he was like, I want to work with you. Like, let's try it out. Or? Yeah, we, we tried it out. We, we did yeah. a couple of things together and I worked on some track stuff. And he was impressed enough to bring you on. He was like, "Yeah, this makes sense. Like, this this could be cool." And then they, wow. you know, they sorted out a, a situation between the two of them, and that was that. And what was that like at twenty? What were you twenty three then, or twenty three? Yeah, twenty three, working with like one of your biggest idols as a I, producer. Like, what? Was freaking out. <laughs> I remember the first time I went into work. I I think I was like breaking out in hives. Wow, I was like sweating, and then my hard drive didn't turn on. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my I'm god!" I'm really fired. I'm so done. And then I was like, "Oh wait, the power switch is off." <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Nice, so man. Like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the cool thing about this experience is you really get to work with some awesome, inspiring artists. And yeah. like the level of great artists continue to increase for you. You know, the more jobs you work on, you get to 
grow as an artist yourself, but yeah. then that team, his team is trusting you with uh, their artists, which are some of the biggest names. And it's, it's really cool how it's progressing in your, you know, it's been, it's been really, really great. Yeah. I just, I feel like I've only come into, I guess my own as a producer yeah. in the past year, year and a half max. And I feel like you're just um, scratching the surface. I, still. Yeah, me too. I feel like, like I'm five, 10 years. You're going to be a machine. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like in five, ten years, I'm gonna look back at stuff I was doing today and be like, oh, laughing, terrible. Yeah, how did that song even make it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Wow, that's crazy, man. What a what a life experience at 24 to be where you're at, and uh, to be creating what you're creating with the type of the, the caliber of people you're with, and it's pretty inspiring. Thank you, man. It's, it's really cool. I feel like I'm 40 though. I don't feel like I'm 24 because yeah, well, you're in your apartment all day that's just it. grinding away, <laughs> creating beats. <laughs> well, pretty soon I won't have to work. Just strictly my par- my apartment, which will be great. Yeah, it'll be nice. <laughs> you know, I love my apartment, but I gotta you know kind of get out. Yeah, <laughs> and the cool thing about you, which correct me if I'm wrong, you you have a very unique talent because you can you write a lot of the songs, you can play a lot of the instruments, like the actual instruments, but you can also just create them on a synthesizer. Right. All the instruments, you edit the songs, you do like everything that a producer can do, and then a musician can do, a writer can do. And that's like almost like a triple threat, I would think, right? That's like a, a, I don't know, a label's dream to have someone to be able to do all those things together. I feel like it, that's kind of what's happening now, just in the music business. Like it's it's almost becoming the the norm. Like you're expected to be able to engineer your sessions, you know, edit a vocal properly, play every instrument, record every instrument, you know, and and produce. I feel like it's like it's become expected now. Really, you can't just be a singer. I mean, you can. There's there's no rules, but I, I feel like for producers. You kind of have to do it all. Do it all right right now, at least in the current frame. Ten I, years ago, you could just be one, just be awesome at one thing, which I think maybe also is the reason why some of the music in the '80s or the, even the '90s, like I don't know, maybe I'm just being biased about it because I love that music, yeah. but it just sonically sounds a little bit better, is a little bit cleaner mm-hmm. and warmer because mm-hmm. you had people that studied their whole lives just strictly learning how to mic up a drum set. Wow, you know. Now it's like I'm like. Ugh. It's like two inches from the skin. That should be cool. Right, right. Or you're just using a drum beat. Yeah, machine. or I'm just like programming it on my laptop. Yeah. It's always something like that. That's crazy, man. That's pretty. I mean, I don't know too many other people that can do what you do. I don't know. Do you have other people that can do everything you do? Um, you yeah. There's, there's, some, there's definitely some producers out there. A bunch right. of producers that can do. Yeah. It's just nerd, like a bunch of like nerds. Right. <laughs> I'm totally like. I, I found myself yesterday morning looking at a page. I was studying the sub frequencies of a bass note so I could tune the kick drum to it. And I looked at the page and I was like, what am I doing? I was like, when did I get so like nerdy? You're like, why am I chasing girls right now? Yeah. I was like, I'm looking at sub frequencies of this kick drum and then, and I'm spending an hour tuning it. Wow. <laughs> when you want to master your craft, that's what you do. You get it. You pay attention to the details. So that's why yeah. you've gotten to where you are and that's why you're so successful and that's why you're going to continue to be successful, which I think is really cool. I think it's, a, you know, as a, someone who wishes they were on Glee, <laughs> secretly wishes <laughs> really? I was on Glee. I love like the whole singing and the music stuff. <laughs> my, uh, my brother is uh, arguably the number one jazz violinist in the world, so he tours that's all around. Amazing. He played with Les Paul for 10 years in, in Times Square. And, uh, you know, travels all around the world. My sister's extremely talented singer-songwriter. My parents were opera majors. And I really can't do any of that stuff. I'm more of the athlete of the family. But I appreciate the art for what it is and really admire people that can create artistic music in the way that you do or any type of music. So I just think it's such a gift and a talent of what you have and my brother and, you know, parents have. And it's like 
that's why I always come over to CJ's place late at night. I'm like, dude, what have you been creating? I want to hear all this stuff. I think it's like the coolest thing in the world because I secretly want to be on Glee. Um, so that's so funny. We literally have the opposite um, like family setup. Nobody in my family except for my grandpa is in music. Really? Or play, as I played music. They're all like They're the all jocks. Off, yeah, athletic. <laughs> and I'm just so not. I play basketball like terribly. And then everything else just like, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. You got cut from the football team. Oh, yeah. I got cut from every team. I think I got cut from the track team. Like, I don't even know how wow. that's possible. <laughs> yeah. But I did. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you got cut because you've got a gift <laughs> with this. And uh, it's cool because, you know, CJ's not really online too much. You can go to, uh, I'll have some links in here for his uh, Twitter account, Instagram account. Make sure to follow him over there. And I'll put up images of his crazy uh, Rod Stewart hair days when he was 15, 16 in the, in the boy band. Um, but you can also check out, I guess you have a page over at uh, PulseRecordings.com, I think. Mm-hmm. But there's not really much music of yours online. Is that right? Do you even have SoundCloud with your, your music? No, I just I kind of like to kinda, keep under the radar. Like All my favorite producers are yeah. just, they... They stay under the radar. Yeah. All your best stuff is on your hard drive. It's all my hard drive. It's crazy, man. It's, it's so crazy. It's there. But it's like some of the songs are starting to come out, right? Yeah. Like there's a few things. trickling out now. You did some stuff with uh, Cody Simpson, right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a young, up-and-coming star. And Yeah, so did his last single that came out. And yep. you know, we he's in Europe right now touring, but he'll be back in two weeks, and we're going to kind of finish up what we've been doing on his record. Right. Um, so that's been, it's been really fun. It's very cool. Yeah. And you're working with some other big names who are, you know, you said Carly Rae Jepsen right now, you're working with her, putting out her next record, right? Mm-hmm. The whole, pretty much the whole thing or most of it. Dude, I have a few songs on it. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Which would be fun. She's so talented. Is she? Yeah. Like ridiculous. She's talented. not just a one hit wonder. I don't think so at all. I yeah. mean, I think that song was massive. It was genius, it but was she's so good lyrically, like in the wow. studio, vocally, everything just really. Yeah. And as a person, it's awesome. Wow. Very cool. Who's the most talented artist you've worked with so far? Hmm, that's tough. That is tough. <laughs> or maybe a couple people that you're like, wow, this person's actually not just what their image is like in the yeah. world, but they're actually really musically talented or so gifted that it was like, whoa, it kind of shocked you that you're like around them. Yeah, well, I mean, Adam Lambert was absolutely amazing. Like vocally, really? like just I mean, as you would expect. Yeah, I heard, I, the song, kind of- I heard the song that you, you guys did, obviously, the other night, but it was like... He's, this guy's got a voice, man. He's got a voice. And he, he knows what he wants. You know, he, he knows himself. He knows what he is. And he just owns it. So he's, wow. he was amazing. Um, I love collaborating with... Have you ever met Ben Romans yet? I don't think so. He's the other half of my crazy, weird okay. project thing. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned him. He used to be in a band called The Click Five years ago that was very successful. Uh-huh. Um, but he is one of my favorite people to write with as well. He's just crazy musically talented. Wow. Like, he'll just write a symphony just because he's bored <laughs> and, like, and like score it out and, and like have all the parts written. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Now tell me what it's like, um, when you're creating a song from scratch. So mm-hmm. when one of the, 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 the people that you're working with is like, okay, here's an artist, here's Adam Lambert or here's Carly Rae Jepsen or here's whoever like go, how does it work when you guys get together how do you craft a song with them? Because you write a lot of the songs with some of these artists. So how does that process actually work? Um, it depends on every every single song's different. Yeah. Some songs I might just get inspired by myself and get weird alone at night. And it usually starts on a piano and a loop, like one quick drum loop. Mm-hmm. And I'll just start scatting. The one thing that always stays the same is I do lyrics last. Really? Last, always. I never start with, unless it's like one word or one hook that the chorus is going to be, 
or like the concept of the song that you have or the artist has or like yeah, oh, or whoever be about it is. this like, yeah. here's a cool line or something like oh let's call the song cigarette and then <laughs> and then you know I'll figure it right. out and but it's strictly gibberish so once the chords are in then I'll put the loop on with like one drum loop and one instrument whether it's a pad a guitar a piano and then I'll just pace around the room uh-huh. and just sing straight up gibberish like la 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 like la. yeah it just just melodies just weird melodies and yeah. I have my phone on record and then I'm like, okay, that one was good. I'm like, oh, that one was terrible. And then I'll just kind of piece them apart. And that that's like the first step of it, getting so them you, all in there. You put the chords down first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you come up with the chords yourself. You're kind of like, yeah, okay, just, here's what this could be. Exactly. It's right. messing around. So it's a work in progress. It might right. change. But that's how it starts. And then the melody is second. Okay. And once the melody is in there, then that's when I start getting kind of like a little bit weird with the math of it, mm. which is... I mean, there are no rules, sure. but I, I have like certain things that I like to do. Like if the chorus is going to start on one, then I'm going to make sure the pre-chorus does not start on one and the verse does not start on one. Mm. It starts on the end or on two. Yeah. And it helps build the energy, especially if like the verse starts on two, the pre starts on the upbeat, and then the chorus, the first thing to hit on the downbeat, it'll make that chorus erupt Wow. a little more strong. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one, one little thing that I like to do a lot. Huh. Now, how did you come up with this kind of method? Was it something you learned from another producer you yeah, worked I, with? Yeah, I think or just like... working with a ton of different people, you pick up on little things. And Is this what other people do as well, like kind of similar? Or some people think I'm crazy. Some people are like, you are too formulated. Like, what are you doing? Really? Yeah. And, and too some, formulaic? Is that what you said? Yeah. And I, don't, I, don't, I just don't believe there's any actual, like, key. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe there is, but yeah. I don't have it. Sure. And I think it's just a bunch of experimentation. Wow. Interesting. And so after that's done, then you come up with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I just fill in the blanks like Scrabble. You come up with like the the, the notes for it. You're like, la da 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 da. Yeah, la da da da. And that could be like, da, 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 da. I really want a sandwich or whatever. Like, it could be whatever it is. <laughs> right. And yeah, but it always starts with gibberish melody for me. Interesting. And then you write the lyrics and you put it all together. Yeah, and then it's just making sure that everything, you know, is phonetically correct and sounds good. Right. Yeah. Wow. And it could take. A couple hours, or it could take weeks, right? Weeks, yeah. To do one song. I mean, I've, I've spent weeks on songs before. Really? And like, and the artist will come with you and just meet with you for the, the whole time, pretty much. Or, mm-hmm. Wow. Just stuck in the studio. Yeah, generally, it's like a, week. it's two days. I usually black out two days for like wow. per, per song with whoever I'm working with. Like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. or longer? Or? Um, I usually start like noon and go till whenever, like wow. 10, 11, um, for like the first writing day. And the right. second day, we'll come back. And then and do, you, do you come back at night and kind of work out on yourself? Yeah, yeah I always. That's when to, you're up till like four a.m. Yeah, so I come back and that's when I, I start doing all the editing and like piecing it together, wow. or I work on other things that I'm way late on. Right. I'm just wow. behind on everything always at all times. <laughs> and then you come back the next day and kind of like try to tighten it up and see does this work? Exactly. Let's listen to it again with fresh ears. Mm-hmm. It's the fresh ear thing, and I, I really believe in that. Wow, interesting. And so you do this a number of times with a lot of different artists, but you said before like some of the stuff may not come out ever. Yeah, some or I mean, maybe years. Ever sometimes. I mean, I might I've plenty of times I've worked with artists and they've been like, Oh, I love this. Like, I can't wait to to put it out and then it just, just doesn't come out. Whether whether there's lit problems with the label or the label doesn't like it or whatever it is, they it just won't come out. But and they, then they may love it though. The artist. Yeah, and they may love it and it might not matter. It's just every every situation is different. Wow. But yeah, that's happened to me quite a few times. Wow. That's gotta be really frustrating though. It is, yeah, but you've got to keep trucking on. You can't cerebralize. <laughs> you just have to just keep moving and don't let anything bother you. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Now, what's your ultimate dream then? What's your goal for this business or your life in this business? Uh, I just want to keep on doing what I'm doing right now with production and eventually be able to create my own company where I can sign writers and producers to it and then kind of wow. have everything be self-sustainable in wow. one 
So you basically want to be, you know, max at some point where you're kind of like have your own team. That's like the ultimate dream. But (laughs) where you have like artists coming to you. Yeah. And then you, you work on, you have your team working on the initial stuff and you're kind of going in and like, that doesn't sound good. That sounds good. Change this, change that. Exactly. You're putting together the deals. I just, I like having a communal environment on things. And I think I would love to have something like that where not a lot of people, just, you know, two or three people. That's cool. That also do the same thing and have us all working together and critiquing each other. That's really cool. Yeah. That's wow. the dream. I like it. How far away do you think you are? How many years? I have my 10-year plan, so we'll see, <laughs> see if that folds out. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Very cool, man. Well, I uh, want to wrap it up with the uh, the final question. This is a question I ask all my guests, mm-hmm. uh, so you're in good company, but it's, what is your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness? Mm-hmm. I think it's being able to wake up every single morning excited about what you're doing mm-hmm. and then go to bed feeling completely content. There you go. That's it. I love it. Where can we, uh, where's the best place to connect with you? Instagram or Twitter? Uh, I mean, I rarely use my Twitter. Instagram, <laughs> I'm on it. I'm trying to not be on it as much. Yeah. There's only good. so many plates of spaghetti that like, you can actually look at before <laughs> yeah. you're losing your mind. Or so, selfies. Or selfies. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we both love those now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so what are you, at CJ Barron? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, cool. I'll link it up in the show notes. Uh, CJ, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to tell everyone to go watch the uh, the weird art production when it comes out yes, in L.A. Please. It may be a few months. It may be a year, a year. Who knows? We don't know. But uh, I'll make sure to uh, spread the word. And if people want to listen to any of your music, how can they? Do they just have to wait until something comes out on the radio? Exactly. Follow you on Instagram. Instagram. And post about I, I it. usually post about what, what's coming out. On like the Instagram. artist you're working with. Yep. You've got pictures with like you know Carly Rae in the studio and all these other artists sometimes. Yeah. So... You'll be promoting it, letting people know when stuff comes out. Exactly. Awesome. I appreciate it, Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on, bro. Take care. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with CJ. Again, check out the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash 74 to uh, see some of the, the cool stuff that CJ has done, what he's working on. Check out the image of his crazy hair from back in the pop band boy days, uh, back when he was a teenager, and uh, learn how you can stay in tune with uh, the cool art project that he has coming up in the future. So we'll have it all over at the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash 74. Again, it's uh, a pleasure to be back in the States and recording episodes for this podcast. Thanks to all of you loyal fans for sticking around for a couple weeks while we uh, didn't have any new episodes. But make sure if you're just joining us to go ahead and download and listen to some of the past episodes. And again, we've got 74 great episodes from some of the most inspiring men and women all over the world doing amazing, incredible things. Check them all out over at lewishouse.com. Please subscribe over on iTunes or check it out over on soundcloud.com slash Lewis House, over on Stitcher and everywhere you can listen to podcasts online. So thanks so much again for tuning in, everyone. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. starting point i've never forgotten those things like you said i mean, never forget those true things that you stick to your basic things that that uh you know make you successful and 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 for me it's that truth finding that truth the truth for the moment of where i am at the time you know not trying to 
uh, cater to a certain demographic. You know, not being something I'm not, not driving a truck over a bridge, Tim Valley, you, you know, the whole thing. Like, there's so many similarities. And, and, uh, and, uh, what you do need is emotional stability. You have to, you have to be able to think independently and you have to be, you have to be, when you come to a conclusion, you have to really not care what other people say and, and, and just follow the facts and follow your reasoning. And, and that's, that's tough for a lot of people. But, uh, that part, I, I think I was just lucky with. I was born that way. I think that really is much more important, frankly, than, than having a few points of IQ or, or having an extra course or two in, in school or anything of the sort. You need emotional stability.